If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everyone, and welcome back to episode 63 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. We are partially back. I am always here, Noah, and someone who is truly always here, Adam. Always uh, here. Always here. A uh, bit of a scheduling conflict. It was either we're going to have to do an episode without me or without Brian, and we decided to keep the one who is more sad about their baseball team it's, on. It, it brings better content. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot funnier. It'll make it a better episode. I gotta say though, just coming up from a nap where I found just true inner peace. So really excited to talk about how horrible the Red Sox are. <laughs> Man, it is. I mean, boy, do we just want to jump right into that, or should we maybe talk about All Star Weekend first? Um, I guess we'll talk about All Star Weekend. Yeah, uh, I mean, it happened. It, it was a real thing. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of different ways to. It was in LA. A lot of players had to get there in different ways. Some players, in particular, took a charter plane. Yeah, uh, I. Like, some of that is so insane to me that a team wouldn't, like, have a better way of getting an All Star to the All Star game. Yeah, so for those of you who didn't hear, um, we'll cover the home run derby in more depth uh, right after this. But Juan Soto uh, participated and went on to win the home run derby. Had to fly charter to the All Star game. There is some speculation of whether this was related to him rejecting the Nationals' four hundred and forty million dollar offer recently. Um, if so, definitely. Uh, Negotiations are closed. <laughs> um, it is an absolutely insane thing to do to somebody worth that much money. <laughs> yeah, so he had to arrive in LA at like past one in the morning. Yeah. And show up to the home run derby and win, win the dang thing. Uh, yeah, that's just, that's, that's crazy. We heard uh, Paul Blackburn of the Oakland A's was going to fly charter, but then the Astros were like, nah, fly with us. Yeah, <laughs> you, know. you know, it's a way better choice. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It's so crazy to me that, I mean, that you would send any player on charter that you wouldn't, like, I, I don't know. That's just, that's wild. Or sorry, I'm saying charter. I mean or commercial. Not charter. Commercial, yes. Yeah, correct, I think I said correct, charter correct. like five times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And then I just kind of rolled with it. But yeah, yeah. Um, charter is how you should send your players, um, you know, because that's a lot more timely. And, and you're, come on, you're a baseball franchise. You can afford it. Um, but yeah, being like, no, you get to uh, you get to fly commercial is, is wild. Yeah, very wild. Uh, <laughs> but also crazy. Imagine if you were just in the airport and you're like, is that Juan Soto? And then just a few hours later, he wins the home run derby. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe uh, maybe the secret is uh, throwing your all-star on 
on commercial with the rest of the general public that makes them better maybe <laughs> i don't Definitely know probably pro- not <laughs> inspires some anger for sure yeah but let's let's get into that home run derby what you i mean highlight of the home run yeah. derby i feel like it's a pretty obvious one but tell me what you got um man i don't know my <laughs> the home run derby is so interesting i don't know if um I don't know. I feel like it needed more personality. But anyway, I I liked. Uh, I actually I actually really liked all of the Albert Pujols stuff. Um, like I know we had some some trepidation about it last week, where we were we were sort of talking like uh, like maybe it wasn't the best idea to have uh, Pujols in the home run derby. But like he kind of held his own, and I think my favorite thing about all of like his um, his rounds. Uh, is Albert was hitting him like at like 15 degrees. He was absolutely smoking those poor kids in the outfield. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was dishing them absolute like 110 off the bat liners. (laughs) Yeah, that was, yeah. I I mean, I think first it was like, oh, I just didn't want it to be sad for Pujols and it wasn't. So definitely would argue that it was more Schwarber, um, you know, intentional or not, letting him in for that. Um, yeah, but even still, you know, he still got some bombs. Definitely, you could see him get tired. <laughs> oh, for sure. Schwarber was. Uh, yeah, it felt like I don't know. It was a mix of like, did Schwarber th- intentionally like throw it? Because like, he, I mean, like obviously the dude's capable of. He was capable of winning those rounds. Um, but yeah, he was also gassed. <laughs> Well, I meant well. It looked like Schwarber maybe a little gas too, but Pujols definitely you could oh, see him. Pujols was <laughs> was definitely like he was slowing down, but yeah, short no Schwarber was also like towards the end, kind of just being like you know, swings weren't quite the same. Turns out it's hard to hit like a lot of home runs back to back to back. Yeah, I mean, I and ultimately I just didn't want it to be sad, but it's also like Pujols as whatever six hundred and. I think 85 65 I don't know. I mean he's somewhere close. somewhere dang close to a to, to the 700 mark yeah um, which is obscene so. like that's so insane yeah ridiculous but um but I mean also you like worth sort of also bringing up as much as I, we kind of say that Schwarber may have may have thrown um Pools' first round was 20 homers which was more than Soto more than Jose Ramirez more than Acuna and tied with Pete Alonso. <laughs> like uh, he was in also, the upper half of the first round totals. Like he was certainly no slouch. With, with like the overtime after, cause him and Schwarber tied, it was originally yes. 13. Yes. It was originally lower. That is true. But you know, um, still it, it's not like he wasn't hitting a decent amount of home runs. Yeah, he put, no up, put up 15 in the second round as well. Yeah. I mean, solid performances. Definitely. I think, I think people were kind of scared it might have been below double digits going into it. But you got that many homers, you can show up, do whatever you want. Pretty much. And, you know, it was fun. Uh, but for me, yeah. the definite highlight had to be Julio Rodriguez. Dude, J-Rod was nuts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think uh, and it was after a bit of a, a, a questionable start. First pitch by his uh, a BP thrower was like a in the dirt 
swing and miss. Second pitch was a pop-up, and then after that, he got locked in hard. You could tell um, him and his pitcher have been working on this. His pitcher definitely had the best technique, most efficient, not even taking a step, just flicking it up there and was just able to hit the spot every single time. And it was just like identical home runs just leaving. He he was absolutely on an unreal tear. Um, He put up more home runs in the first two rounds than Soto did the entire day. It's a wild. Like, yeah, J-Rod had 32 in the first and 31 in the second. Soto went 18, 16, 19, and won by one. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, no no, uh, no disrespect to uh, to Juan Soto, but, I, you know, Rodriguez was definitely uh, the, the one in the best form. Yes, I think as Soto won the competition fair and square, but I think Rodriguez won the night. Uh, yes. Stole the show for sure with just an awesome display. And I think uh, because he does look a little thinner and he's so fast, I think people kind of forget that he's a, he's a pretty big dude too. Uh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. I got to look that up right now. Yeah, what, um, what is actual like li- like listed measurement is? He's <laughs> 6'3". Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's not a small man. Yeah, that's a big frame. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 228, so yeah, that's a that could definitely do some damage. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I know his left wrist is apparently sore now. I don't think that's related, but hopefully it's just a day by day thing, able to get back in there soon. Because I think everyone's got a bit of a J Rod fever after the home run derby, which is awesome to see. Did you have any? Uh, well. Anything else? Well, also, I think the most overlooked story from the Home Run Derby is that Corey Seager, very surprising addition, really held his own and had a great first round, just went up against J-Rod. Yeah, I mean, he's so... Really tough pitches from his BP thrower. Yes, yeah. Seager was definitely suffering from the... uh... The thing of, and I know one of the only times that it ever got talked about of the the value of, you know, who's actually throwing your home run derby pitches was Pete Alonso's guy uh, the last couple of years. Um, yeah, Seager, get a different guy if you're going to do it again. <laughs> it was rough. It was like his dad, I think. Yeah, whatever. No. Still, yeah, yeah. You're trying to you're trying to win. Come on. Yeah, you had. He still had the second most homers in. In the first round, yeah, he did really well. well. Most homers in a round all night. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he definitely did better than I think we expected him. Um, we definitely were like Corey Seager in the home run derby. I mean, okay, um, but no, he he, he put on a, a solid show. I think in Corey Seager is kind of like. When Harrison Barnes back in the day when he was on the Warriors joined the dunk contest, it's like, yeah, Harrison Barnes dunks in the game, has cool dunks in the game. That can be a dunk contest guy though. And he, uh, Harrison Barnes wasn't really. And right. I think it was like Corey Seager is the same thing. Like, yeah, he gets home runs, but you see a home run derby guy. He's a home run derby guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, some people just bill for it. Why not? Do you, do you think the uh, 
format needs to change at all in terms of the time? Like, do you? I feel like f- for me, because apparently Ronald Acuna Jr. hit one out of the stadium. I didn't even know. Oh, did he? I yeah, have no idea. Going, everything was going so fast. ESPN couldn't keep track of how many homers there were. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't I do know. Think, hmm. think 10 outs the old way? No. But no, do you think no, maybe no, no. it should just be like you get 30 pitches or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly think that it would be, if I was going to do it, it'd be something. It wouldn't be like, I wouldn't limit it by pitches as much as I'd limit it by swings. Maybe. Um, like, but you know, like obviously. That still. Huh? It's like the old format. Kind of, yeah. Except, right, except, um, you know, the old format was, yeah, it was like three outs. Like, you could only miss three. Um, No, well, it was ten. Well, it was ten. uh, Oh, yeah, it was three for... You swing-offs were three. Right, yeah, swing-offs were three. You're right. Yeah, it was ten. I don't know, maybe I like that more? I, I, I think there is... I don't know, I guess maybe... Hmm. I don't, know. I don't dislike the format now i guess is at the end of the day though um i, I kind of like the timing i like the fact that you ca- you get one time out during it i think is interesting you know you're like if you need to stop and get back into a groove something like that um i think is is fine um i don't know it's i think it's i don't really dwell on it too much because it's not really any it's not really anything that i uh, I don't really care about the like oh, the com- the competitive integrity of the home run derby. Well, yeah, I like the new format much better than the old format. Also, like sometimes when these guys are hitting the super deep home runs, I want to watch it, you know. And like I feel like sometimes you don't always have time to fully watch these home runs with how it is. Though it is awesome when someone just gets on an absolute tear and it's just bah. Yeah, it's you just know, back to back to back. Yeah, that's true. I can agree with that for sure. Um, yeah, I would be. Yeah. I'm fine with it staying the same, but would be open uh, to seeing maybe just uh, you only get so many pitches because then it might still keep a flow. People are trying to hit everyone out. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It, I mean, obviously, it has to have some limit on it. Um, otherwise, it goes all day. But yeah, I, don't know. I think that's that's enough for the home run derby. It was it was good enough. Did you watch any of the All Star game? I watched just a little bit, a little bit of the tail end of the All Star game. Mm-hmm. I was working out. Did see the Andres Jimenez behind the back flip, which I kind of heard as nice being the 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 main standout play of the evening. Yeah, the highlight as far as like actual play was concerned yeah oh yes but i did now i'm thinking about it i did see some highlights from uh well oh it was really cool the part that i actually was seeing live was uh trevino and cortez being able to like talk with each other what pitches they wanted to throw yeah I thought that was really cool that was super super cool it was interesting i i they did it for cortez and trevino because that's a you know a, a battery that exists in the in the MLB, I was sort of surprised that they did it at um, at that point, but didn't do Manoa and Kirk, which was a, a similar you know situation where it's these are 
these are uh, these are teammates, um, and maybe hearing them talk. But they did mic up Manoa, and Manoa's fun when he's mic'd up. <laughs> he was very fun. Called John Smoltz sexy. I, I mean, that. I mean, hey man, John Smoltz called for that uh, that back foot slider. That's a sexy pitch. And Manoa delivered a little too well. Yeah, it was he. He <laughs> did in fact hit his foot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, you give me a ticket. I'm gonna hit it. Yeah, pretty much, man. Now, uh, honestly, that's that's always at least in recent years that has been the highlight of the All Star Game is miking up players. Um, honestly, as long as they don't drop that aspect of it, as long as there are players miked up at every point in the game. Uh, it is. It is. It is almost, in fact, worth watching. Yeah, well, it's the best all-star game in sports because you can't really. Uh, there's some stuff that goes kind of. NBA's bad. new NBA's new all-star game is pretty fun. <laughs> the end. At the end, especially. But like, in terms of level of competition because yes. you're not you yes, can't yes, pitch yes. at 60 percent right yes true, play true, basketball true, true. really easily at 60 percent you know yes, this is true um no that's so, that's fair i yeah i will say as far as like the game is concerned yeah absolutely the 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 mlb all-star game is is the best there yeah though it is just great because it's just like it's just different when you watch the nba all-star game because it's like it is incredible when it goes back and forth and they're just shooting 35 foot shots. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because they're just, they, they know that they're uncontested every time and you know, no, it's great. But um, yeah, miking up players for, for the all-star game is something that needs to never, ever, ever die. Um, it is I don't think it's going so to. fun. No, I, and I, I really don't think it will, especially if, um, uh, the MLB is interested in, in keeping some of its fans and marketing its players. That's one of the best ways to do it. Um, because almost every single mic'd up segment was so fun. Manoa was really fun. Judge and Stanton in the outfield mic'd up was really fun. Um, yeah, it, it's just a great, great time. I thought there might be the end of miking up players when I saw they gave Liam Hendricks a mic late. Yeah, that was that was uh, <laughs> that's that, that's that's a dangerous game. <laughs> but he, I mean, he composed himself. He reined he it in. Able, he was able to restrain himself. Uh, um, my other favorite of the of the mic or talking to players moments was: Did you see the uh, the big poppy walking through the dugouts talking to people? I just saw him talking to Manoa. <laughs> That's the only. I mean, clip that was the best one though. <laughs> Poppy, <laughs> for anyone who didn't see it, he goes he goes up to Manoa, and uh, he's like, "How how would you pitch me?" Um, and, and Alec Manoa's like, "Yeah, I'd probably you know, uh, throw you throw you up and inside, brush you off the plate." And then Poppy just goes, ah, "I'd take you deep," and then just leaves, <laughs> like runs away, like jogs away, <laughs> like a little kid. Dude, oh man, so much fun. The other one that was really, really funny was, um, and I can't remember who the other person was, it was Garrett Cole and somebody else, um, just talking back and forth about if they've ever hit a home run. Um, I don't remember what other pitcher he was talking to, but they were talking if they've ever, if they've ever hit home runs and what it's like. <laughs> and like Garrett Cole was talking about that he's, he's hit a few, but now he, you know, he doesn't miss it. He doesn't miss having to bat ever. And, uh, and he got asked, like, you know, what's that jogger on the bases like? And he's like, it sucks. Everybody's watching you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting.
That's that's funny though. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll I'll always take more mic'd up players. It's just so entertaining. Yeah, and then yeah, and, and like All Star Game, everyone's a little bit more relaxed in regular season and stuff like that. Though we've been seeing some players mic'd up in regular season, but yeah, just a looser environment. So that's nice for all the players as well. Yeah, right. Re- yeah. Well, regular season, you don't as much get the mic'd up players on the field as much as like you'll get like dugout interviews or things like that um yeah, like they, people not actively playing <laughs> uh, it has been happening uh I really remember just if yeah, i just missed night, those at sunday night baseball alex Rodugo. uh oh you know, hmm. he's playing left field while talking to them and through the mic interesting uh, yeah i don't know how i feel about that but... <laughs> well it was before this you know last uh this last little stretch. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, it's just like sometimes, especially when I'm watching the game, because you could just, but like, Verdugo's pretty good at it and everything. It's just like, I just I just don't want to bother these players. Just let them do their thing. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, as much as I do love the mic'd up players, um, yeah, it's it should be an all-star game and spring training thing if you're going to mic up somebody who's literally on the field. Um, but I am all for like player dugout interviews and stuff um you know uh, starting pitcher on an off day or or you know a player on a rest day that kind of thing um more than more than happy to to keep seeing those those are always fun yeah speaking of things that you find fun ooh, you've been having a fun week (laughs) i've been having an exceptionally fun week particularly friday um Friday, July 22nd, uh, in, in Boston, Massachusetts, is going to go down in history as a absolutely insane baseball game. Um, first game of the series, uh, back from the All-Star break, Blue Jays and Red Sox, and um, it started off innocently enough, didn't it, Noah? <laughs> yeah, just a quick little lead for the... Blue Jays. Yeah, just a little lead. It started off, you know, a, a run in the first, a, a couple runs in the second, um, and then in the third. Uh, in the third, it got sad. Um, Rymel Tapia hit a inside the park grand slam, where uh, Duran just sort of, well, he, he lost the ball, right? It lands behind yeah. him, and then he just like pouts. Doesn't even like walk towards it. Just kind of like literally stared. just turned around and stared at it, like a like a kid who was sad that a game didn't go his way, and he kind of just goes, "I don't want to play anymore," um, which is I don't know, just super rough to watch. Uh, so the Jays scored seven runs in the third inning, and then four more in the fourth inning, and then eleven in the fifth inning, and. Uh, that's a game that ended 28 to 5 Toronto over uh, Boston. That's a franchise record for runs for the Jays, franchise record for hits. Um, and for the, the Red Sox, it's the franchise records have given up um, on both. Um, yeah, I mean, as a, as a Blue Jays fan, awesome. So good. Uh, but yeah, as a as a Red Sox fan, that's uh, that's rough. Um, it is. It is rough. This is not um, ideal. <laughs> not ideal. Um, I remember 
because I went to the gym to work out when it was like two to nothing. And then I look and it's already like 13 to something. And then I look again and it's there's like 23, 25 runs. And I was like, okay, the Red Sox had to have put a position player in the pitch. Dude. No, oh, I mean at, at the very end, yes, yes, and he it, only gave up one run. It took them until the ninth inning to put in a position player in a game that they were losing by three touchdowns. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, and, it, and that's it's like, insanity. Times when you have a loss like this, it's just easy to be like, "Well, that's just that's going to happen sometimes." But they coming into the all-star break they had two losses like this to the yankees yeah right before the all-star break and then they come out and immediately have another one and like on the last episode we we're talking about how the red sox run differential for a lot of the year was kind of consistently in that that 30 40 range and it was always like second best in the al east and then it got down to plus 18 right before the reds the the all-star break now not i don't think including today where the red sox are down eight to four last i checked we're recording yeah. in the afternoon it's uh socks are at negative eight yeah from like so, a plus three to negative eight really quickly <laughs> yeah so um uh john boys uh writer and guy for uh secret base or formerly sb nation um absolutely uh secret base absolutely worth a follow on twitter um, for just statistical anomalies and things like that. They always love making little charts. Um, speaking about the Red Sox recently, but you know, before the All-Star break and, and stuff like that, and uh, they, they posted a chart of the worst four-game stretch any big league squad has had in the last 70 years. And it's the Red Sox from July 16th to the 23rd, uh, or July 15th through the 22nd, and those are the top two of the last 70 years and then every other team is uh way less bad <laughs> it yeah. has been an, it has been a pretty uh abysmal stretch from from the red sox it's been really really rough yeah it's definitely felt like that um <laughs> and another fun stat that came from that night is that kevin gosman entered the game 30th amongst active starting pitchers in terms of run support uh when he, you know, runs scored by his team when he pitches. After the game, fifth amongst active starters. Yeah. He... 25 <laughs> spots in one game. Yeah. So, yeah. Can't say it didn't score for you, Kevin. No, <laughs> no, not anymore, right? Uh, not after they dropped that kind of a game. Um, but, of course, you know, it's, it's just one game. Um, it's just one game. Uh, yesterday's game on on Saturday, the Red, the Red Sox only gave up four runs. I mean, they they still lost, um, but yeah. uh, Alec Manoa this season has absolutely owned Boston, and he uh, kind of continued that stretch. Um, although he was a little extra fired up on the mound, yeah, which was kind no of reason. interesting. Yeah, um, like Dahlbeck took him deep, but it wasn't like Dahlbeck like no, he didn't pimp it or anything. No, it was it was super weird. It was definitely like I'm all for some like trash talk, and obviously I unapologetically absolutely love Alec Manoa. Um, but yeah, even that was kind of just like a, hey, why you you good, bud? Like I don't I don't know if you need to uh, 
I don't know if you need to be that excited right now. That that pumped, but um, you know, but another you know pretty good win for the Jays. Um, and yeah, then obviously today still winning. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe Manoa felt like he's hearing storylines. It's like, oh, the Red Sox are just not good right now. The Jays should win another one easy. He didn't want to give in, so he was just made up some story in his head. <laughs> I mean, I also fired up on it. I mean, yeah, maybe I don't know, man. Um, I also just think that Manoa's a he's he's not quite he doesn't quite carry the intensity of like a of like a Scherzer um, as far as like you know psychopathic outlook at the game. Um, he's he certainly tends to be a little more uh, fun than than uh than crazy but um he does play with uh with a fire for sure um and against the division rival i mean maybe that just extends to that a little bit i'm i'm not entirely sure but um yeah either way it has been a it's been a rough stretch for boston yeah um i mean on uh Friday, there's another quality start from Cutter Crawford, who's been a, a good pitching prospect that they've called up. But um, yeah, even with no injuries going into the season, I think pretty much everyone felt like there wasn't enough pitching on the Red Sox. Um, and then with all of the injuries that have happened, there's really just been not enough pitching on the Red Sox, though. Really, like as I've highlighted all year, it's been offensive inconsistencies that really felt like they stood out the most because this team was designed to be carried by their offense. Um, but yeah, just giving up runs with, you know, having to start all, all these AAA, even AA yeah. starters at times. Um, yeah. And then it also didn't help that, you know, for a team, as you said, sort of built to be carried by the offense, that, um, you know, this is a series that. The, the three pitchers that they're that they've faced at least in the last three days are Gossman who's had an unreal season Manoa who's had <laughs> what's that Gossman has been particularly good against Boston yes you're well. yes absolutely um Manoa who's had a phenomenal season and Ross Stripling who's had a phenomenal season so far so you know it's it's sort of also a mix of like yeah you're you're throwing out your own starters that are not that good against starters who are particularly good against you um and it's yes. it has sort of resulted in a perfect storm of the red Sox looking very very bad um carabas yeah. twitter on friday was hilarious though um of just his like descent into madness it didn't even i didn't i didn't catch that i'll have to i'll have to look back on that but it was it was really funny. <laughs> he was he was having a rough time. It was it was I think the the two funniest parts were uh, he, uh, he he was like I keep getting uh, he's like today feels like my birthday where normally people get uh, you know send you happy birthday and you respond with thank you but now they're respond that now they're uh, texting me with genuine concern and I'm responding with I think I'm gonna drown myself. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean obviously he's not serious about that but it's just really funny and then, and then the other best part was uh he, he he tweeted out how um the red sox broadcast apparently cut 
literally the second the game ended and he was just like he was like this is the funniest thing all night is just like the dude who's handling who's handling it was just like screw this man i'm out (laughs) like we're done (laughs) just get it over with that's that is pretty funny um and then but another thing I was going to say is last two games of the series, too, have been without Devers, who's been on the IL with the hamstring issue, and J.D. Martinez. Um, and it's funny, even before this, before Friday night even happened, I started to, well, I was hearing some podcasts and listening to things, and I was like, I think the Red Sox could definitely be sellers, at least selling some stuff off, because the record against the AL East hasn't been good. Above 500 teams hasn't been great. And they have a really, it's at home, but they have a really tough stretch immediately out of the All Star break. And it's like, I could see them selling. And now it's like, I could definitely see them selling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, sorry, I'm just I'm going back through Krabbis' timeline. And it's really good. We'll always have June. That was a fun month. <laughs> this is true. It is true. Um, it was a fun month. It was a super fun month. I mean, but debatably that uh, win in Boston, not the biggest Blue Jays news this week. No, it really uh, it really wasn't because definitely some, as, as important as we do find baseball, I think this is a, a lot, I think, more important. Um, this, this actually got announced uh, during that, that Friday game. But uh, Buck Martinez, broadcaster for the Jays, um, he left the Jays booth earlier in the year to start cancer treatment. Um, he is slated to return to the booth uh, this Tuesday um, for the upcoming homestand um, in Toronto. And uh, no, it, it is just so good to hear that he's doing really well and uh, apparently sounding well, feeling well. Um, I mean, obviously enough to uh, to return to broadcast. So super excited about that. Uh, cancer sucks. And uh, to to hear that Buck is 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 doing well is awesome. Yeah, that is just an awesome thing. Just a great voice, a voice that you think of when you think of the Blue Jays. Um, I know it's been. I mentioned earlier it, it was tough for me. Jerry Remy, who was a Red Sox broadcaster, passed away uh, within the last year. Not broadcasting, like and feeling that void of Remy not being there. Um, yeah, and like was watching. I don't watch a lot of Blue Jays broadcasts. It's like, oh, I, like, I, I was like, I hope Buck's doing good. I want to hear him soon calling yeah. Blue Jays games. And it's awesome for him to be back. Yeah, you, you realize, like, it's been a long time since you've heard, you know, like a get up ball, get out of there, you know, that kind of, like, those kinds of calls, you know, uh, that are unique to a person um, that, that just feels so right in a broadcast like that. Um, it'll be awesome, awesome to get that back. Totally awesome and a great series for Buck to come back to. He's going to be able to see Goldschmidt, Arenado. Oh, oh wait. Ooh, oh, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, hey, it's like it's like they didn't read the rules about going to Canada. Um, you know what? Wait, you ooh. say, tell, fill us in, and then I'll tell you what I think is so funny. Yeah, so uh, the Cardinals are coming to town, and um, obviously as as we've discussed before and as has been a topic talking point pretty much all season uh very importantly if you want to go to canada you have to be vaccinated goldie and arenado are two very very important players on the cardinals 
who do not satisfy that requirement. Yikes. So, yeah, like, obviously, a lot of things would have to go uh, in a certain way for it to be the case, but possible World Series games missed uh, by two MVP candidates right there. Yeah, um, it's... And it's hard not to see something like that. See two players who are so good and that we talk so highly of that uh, now you don't get to see and and you can't you can't help but feel a little uh, I don't know just disappointed in them. We'll mention what I thought was hilarious about this. Well, not hilarious, but just funny coincidence is that I just recently was saying that I, with the Andrew Benintendi news um, of him being unvaccinated, I said the Cardinals are a great fit for him because, uh, you know, because, I, you know, the NL team, I think they need another out in well with their team identity of defense and really slapping that ball around. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, yeah, and they also have star players that – are not vaccinated so he could just join the list of star players unvaccinated so yeah he'll be yeah. right at home yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah that was that was fun um so yeah it'll it'll be interesting um obviously when the royals came to town uh into into toronto um without 10 of their players you know you expected sort of nothing from them because that's a lot of players to miss but they didn't do abysmally um, and, and it's not like Arnauto and Goldschmidt are the only players on the cards. So, you know, they, they could still very well come away with a win or two. Heck, they could, I don't know, they could sweep the series. I've seen weirder things in baseball. Um, so, but it is just disappointing to see that that is still a problem. Yeah, for sure. And um, maybe this is a good opportunity for a lot of those uh, Cardinals players who have been disappointing up to this year to really break out like those Dylan Carlson's Tyler O'Neill um, particular hope maybe cool if they're able to have some big series and carry the team um, this series um, yeah I mean now that I'm thinking we got some storylines out of the way I I don't know if you have any takes for the second half I definitely had one take that I don't like I hardly even want to say anymore because it feels like I'm late to the party it's gonna feel bad to say it huh (laughs) yeah I was like so prepared like I wrote it my notes I was like the Blue Jays offense is gonna be way better and then like Friday (laughs) happened and I was like (laughs) "Ooh, hey well you were right yeah Uh, yeah I guess I guess (laughs) I guess that's true huh um but i have a i have a hot take um i do love me some hot takes okay there we go milwaukee brewers are not going to make the playoffs Ooh. i like that Um, i honestly don't hope so because i like the brewers but it's like I think it's just a hot take because they've been in first all year like we've talked about. It seems like one of three teams is going to be sad. Or, like, I don't know, between the Brewers, Cardinals, uh, Phillies, and Giants. Yeah. Someone's not going to make it. Someone's not going to make it. Um, 
and Phillies stay hot. They get their pitching. Harper comes back at some point. Depends on what the Giants do with their roster, mm-hmm. obviously, as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think the Brewers' run differential has been kind of shady all year. They need to add. If they add offensively, this obviously helps. would help them out a lot. But if they don't, if they kind of cheap out, they could, I think, really cheap themselves out of being a, a playoff team. Um, if you rely on that pitching too much, obviously we love pitching here, but it's it's one of the most fickle things in sports, uh, as we just saw with Chris Sale. Um, yeah, it is. So yeah, that's easy to get it, injured. <laughs> yes, if I'm going to have a hot take, it's that the Brewers aren't going to make the playoffs. Okay, all right. Prove me wrong. Well, I mean, I I too have a hot take in the NL. Um, I actually don't have any big AL hot takes on uh, at least. Well, I mean, I'm I'm still riding the Texas Rangers high, uh, but you know we'll see how that goes. Um, no, but I I do have maybe somewhat of a hot take in the NL West. Um, I think that we could see the Rockies above the Giants at the end of the year. Wow, that I like that think i could see that as well uh, the rockies it... the rockies uh funny enough we're talking about the brewers um they've lost the last couple of games against the brewers haha um but the rockies took three of four against the padres they took three or four against the d-backs um you know obviously you, you want them to beat the d-backs in in pretty much every series um they got swept by the dodgers but the dodgers are also you know the, the freaking dodgers um but the giants have been struggling um it looked like longoria got hurt as well uh recently um they've just had injury trouble they've also sort of finally gotten bitten by what i think people thought they would get bitten by last year which is that last year they had a ton of older players overperforming. And I think a lot of people constantly expected, like, there's going to be a downfall. You're going to have a point where Brandon Crawford isn't, you know, the Brandon Crawford you expect. Or or whether or Brandon Belt or, or whomever. Um, and I think you're starting to see those aging stars uh, really show that age. And unless the Giants either turn it around and remain not injured... Um, I, I, I think Colorado looks better than them lately. Yeah, well, and it's Colorado, so you know they're not going to trade away any of those players. No, never. Why would they? Well. Insane. Uh, <laughs> so, and then the Giants, if they feel like they're out of it, they're going to trade away some pieces. They're going to trade, they might yep. trade away to Rodon, a jock, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Giants end up trying to go for Soto. <laughs> that would be... What's gonna happen. I don't... I, I don't... I just can't see it. I mean, like, obviously, I can see them going for him. I mean, Soto's... I, I've said it before. He's going to get offers from 30 teams. You know, it's the same thing, like, when we talk about, like, Judge hitting free agency or something like that. All 30 teams are going to give him something. They're all going to contact him. Um, you know, whether or not it, the offer is worth anything is sort of a different question. Um... But yeah, I, I don't see the Giants winning a Soto race, uh, not with the way that they are right now. Um, yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, last little bit of news before we get into some performances this week. The um, Hall of Fame induction was today on Sunday. Oh, yeah. David Ortiz, uh, the the headliner, but then also Jim Cott, Tony Oliva, Bud Fowler, Gil Hodges, Mini Minoso, and Buck O'Neill all inducted to the Hall of Fame. David Ortiz, very deserving. All these guys deserving. I think it's kind of crazy that, uh, well, I don't know all of them, but Mini Minoso in particular, I think was kind of crazy. It took so long for, to get him into the Hall of Fame with the representation that he comes with breaking down color barrier um, yeah. alongside Jackie Robinson and all that um, and just being a stud on the field as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, shout out to Ortiz. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, a bright spot for Boston in uh, in this weekend. Um, yeah, no, all, all, all the Hall of Famers obviously absolutely deserving. Wild to think that we're not seeing Barry Bonds being inducted today, but, you know, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you got to see someone with, like, almost 200 less homers get inducted in David Ortiz. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know. Whatever. <laughs> Brian's not here. We're not going to dwell on this one too long. Yeah, but just talk about a clutch guy in David Ortiz. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could uh, go on to some hitting and pitching this week. Dude, absolutely. Staying in the AL East, Aaron Judge, he heard everyone talking about how Shohei is the MVP. And I still think Shohei is the MVP. But yeah, probably. Judge came out hot. Um, since Monday, not including today on Sunday, or not since Monday because there's All Star break, but coming out of the All Star break, uh, seven hits, uh, tied for best in baseball, including a double and two homers. He's slugging 1,200 right now. Uh, so, yeah, he's just said, I'm going to hit. Um, and another guy with seven hits, Stephen Kwan. Uh, he's average the same as OBP coming out of the break. He's seven for 15 to start up his second half. A really fun guy to watch, especially if you like old school baseball. You got to watch this guards team, as we've been talking about. And Stephen Kwan really at the head of that, just slapping the ball everywhere. Um, and the ball in play. Some old school baseball, you know? Yeah, love to see it. Um, speaking of maybe a little old school, old school mindset maybe, but uh, Bumgarner sort of uh, finding a lot of success uh, this week. Um, yesterday went eight innings, only gave up four hits, a couple earned runs, and nine strikeouts. Didn't walk anybody either. And he was looking he was looking like primetime Madison Bumgarner, um, which is, you know, it's good to see. And we I think we like Mad Bum here. Oh, yeah. Mad Bum fans here. I've slandered him a little bit going into this year. Glad to be proven wrong, as always. Um, but now time for your surprising Mad Bum fact, or at least one that surprised me. Yeah. Same age as Zach Wheeler, 32. Yeah, he's not that old. It's definitely, well, it's, it's I don't know, that's debatable what I'm about to say. But an older arm than Zach Wheeler's, because uh, Mad Bum has gone so many innings yeah. and so many in postseason. Zach Wheeler, not on the field as much, but injuries and surgeries. So it's like, which arm really is older? Um, it feels like Mad Bums is a bit of an older arm. Yeah, maybe. I also just feel like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, which has more, a little more mileage on it. Uh, obviously, Bumgarner's got 
some pretty deep postseason runs too, um, oh, no. where he got used a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know dominated. Um, but speaking of Wheeler, he also had a solid seven inning outing on Saturday, and so did Jose Quintana. Um, Jose Quintana probably going to be getting traded soon. See if he could do anything for anyone. But also, it was just Saturday was the day of the older guys. I was looking at best performances of the day, and all of the top six game scores from Saturday all came from pitchers 32 or older. So, I don't know. I guess it's just hmm. they're in midseason form. It's their time of year. Yeah, I guess. Uh, sorry, I, I just uh, I'm going to give us our, our Sandy Alcantara moment. Uh, I looked at the Marlins game, and they were in the 10th inning. And I, Huh? They keep the streak. Yeah, got to keep that streak. Uh, sorry, but I, I, Marlins are in the tenth inning, and I was genuinely like, for a moment, like, I wonder if he's still pitching. Um, <laughs> oh, he uh, but no, he streak. actually got pulled after six. He lost the streak. Yeah. So he, Sandy, only only six innings. Of course, still ten strikeouts. Because, <laughs> because uh-huh. why, why not? Said <laughs> going deep isn't as important. I'm gonna bump my strikeout numbers. A well, little I mean, bit. you know, 105 pitches. I understand why they may have pulled them. So, um, yeah, no anyway, doubt. I mean, um, that was well. I was a little disappointed Sandy didn't start, though. I get it with Kershaw, but I thought it would have yeah. been great if they let Kershaw start, but then let Sandy go the next seven innings. I think that. I <laughs> think it would have been that would have been great, but then just... yeah. I would like, gosh, could you imagine a all-star starter pitching a complete game, all-star game? <laughs> oh my gosh, how He's, mad people would be. Oh, it'd be... No uh, one would be happy. I mean, uh, I would. I think it'd be great. I mean, I, I would be too. It'd be hilarious. Like, I think it'd be so evenly split between people absolutely infuriated and people who think that's the funniest, best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Uh, but they still have like other pitchers warming up yeah, <laughs> the yeah, whole yeah. game. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, they definitely they put on the facade that like other pitchers are gonna play. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, but yeah, anyway, um, we don't always talk about defensive highlights, but I want to talk about something. Last night, I tuned into the A's game very briefly, mm-hmm. and there is a foul ball, ground ball down the first baseline, and the ball boy protected the pitcher that was warming up by just making a pretty routine play. But you know, still working the leather yeah um, and it sounded like maybe he made another play or maybe a few earlier in the night crowd starts chanting mvp yeah <laughs> the ball boy. I, I think the best the best moment that the that, that that ball boy had that game though was was one of those that was scorched down the the first baseline he like half dove for and then like flashed open the glove as if to like show an ump that he caught it (laughs) (laughs) it was so good yeah um, you know it's highlight of the season for the A's you know how like people retire they'll become like um, uh, shares at ballparks and stuff like that yeah 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 be a ball boy diving yeah just just selling out for everything um oh man some other fun a's news uh or well fun for us because it's funny not fun for the a's because it's pretty sad um but uh and and some cross sport news 
uh, way back when, in 2018, the Oakland A's uh, drafted Kyler Murray, um, NFL quarterback, sure. uh, at ninth overall. And Kyler Murray just recently re-signed uh, in, in the NFL to make $46.1 million a year. The entire Oakland Athletics payroll is $48.5 million. It's barely more than what Kyler is going to make yearly. Uh, which is both good job for Kyler. Hey, making your money. Good decision. And also, man, the A's are cheap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like if they didn't, they weren't stuck into the Elvis Andrews contract, it would be... <laughs> It'd be, Dude, yeah, it'd be like 35 million or something, something yeah super low just yeah crazy. it's crazy to think that a team just refuses to spend money they put it all into the ball boys apparently <laughs> they got they got absolute mvp caliber ball boy but they can't fund the, the rest of the franchise it's paying off apparently um i mean it's making the crowd happy uh, all that matters <laughs> But yeah, I mean, let's start. We'll end on an up. So let's start with teams on the down. Um, right. Red Sox. We already talked about. Uh, they're yeah. Bad. They're not doing good. They're yeah. They're not doing good. Uh, yeah. You you can't lose by a football score and consider that anything other than really bad. First game out of the break. Oh, yeah, that's not good either. That's even right. worse. That feels really bad. <laughs> hey, we went into the hey, we went into the break on a down. Let's hey, we get that we get a few days off from the All Star break, and then we get to come back and hit the ground running. And no, they just hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> they hit the ground hard. They hit the ground really hard, and then the Blue Jays continued to push them into it farther. Oh, uh, brutal! It's brutal. Another team on the down. Giants lost three in a row. We talked about them a little bit, too. Yep. I think one of our hot takes is going to happen. Either the Brewers aren't going to make the playoffs or the Rockies are going to be above the Giants. They, the they the Rockies are going to – the Brewers are going to miss the playoffs because the Rockies. <laughs> oh, maybe no, both that's, will happen. Combine it. Combine it to be, this, to, to be the same prediction. <laughs> At least one of them is going to happen. Hopefully yeah, both. Probably. That'd be awesome. I would love to see Colorado make the playoffs. Just, just for, you know – League of Chaos. That would be awesome. Um, teams on the up, Blue Jays, they uh, scored yeah. a lot of runs. <laughs> they, yeah, they, uh, in one game, uh, pushed Boston to a negative run differ differential and pushed them above Tampa. <laughs> so. They're now 20 pretty runs good. above Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty close. It was pretty close with Tampa before. <laughs> now it's Now it's not close. <laughs> Not close at all. Uh, another team uh, on the up, the Astros, four in a row. Jordan's back, hitting bombs. Just, just, yeah. I don't know. A, a great baseball team, maybe scariest playoff team. Definitely up there, man. They're they look so good. Um, another team looking very, very good as as usual. It seems Dodgers have won seven straight. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's two teams, uh, Houston and, and LA, um, that are finally, we're seeing teams competing with the Yankees maybe for record. 
Um, yeah. Finally, the Yankees were sitting so far above everybody for a really long time, and now Houston's only a couple of games back from them, and the Dodgers are technically tied on percentage. Um, they've just played a, a few less games. Um, but there, uh, there could be a shakeup for the uh, sort of unanimous number one team. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, speaking of competing, Mookie Betts is back to competing as like best player in baseball again. Um, Dude, yeah, he's been really, really good. Incredible. And um, on uh, the uh, start, started up again. Giants versus Dodgers. Uh, season started Thursday night. Yes. Um, fun little new stat we never really discussed on the show. Uh, uh, BWPA um, or uh, win probability added as a batter. The B stands for the two biggest swings of the night came in this uh, Giants versus Dodgers game. The first one, a game tying grand slam at the top of the seventh, which you know Brian was loving. That uh, increased the Giants' win probability by 35%. But the biggest swing of the night came from Mookie Betts when he had his go-ahead three-run home run in the bottom of the eighth, which boosted their win probability by 36%. Mookie also stole a base and had a great diving catch in this game. He could just do absolutely everything on a baseball field. He's so much fun to watch right now. And, um, yeah, yeah he's, helping, he's helping me of someone to commiserate with by dominating the Giants. <laughs> yeah, Mookie, Mookie playing at, uh, at his best is, is good for baseball. <laughs> Very that's, good that's for just baseball. something you want to see, even if it's on the Dodgers. Yes, no doubt. No, no. I guess we could wrap this thing up yeah. by looking up some series. And it's a little hard for me to find some series this week. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh... Out Honestly, there. one is a question mark. I'm gonna say it right now. One right. is a question mark. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it is kind of a, a strangely weak post All Star break schedule. <laughs> um, Seems, yeah, <laughs> which does seem kind of kind of silly. I mean, I guess there were some really good series like that are currently going on. Like you know, obviously, like right now, um, it, Toronto and Boston is one that on paper should have been a lot more competitive than it is. Um, but uh, but yeah, upcoming, um, maybe get Braves and Phillies, which should be should be pretty good, I would think. Yeah, I mean, that's you know two good uh, NL East teams going at it. Phillies trying to secure a wild card spot. Braves trying to chase down the Mets. Yep. Series, Cardinals versus Blue Jays, which is another good series on paper. But then again, no Nolan or Goldschmidt. Um, but yep. still could be competitive, especially with that Cardinals pitching staff. Um, it'll be fun to see them go up against those Blue Jays hitters, which are hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, interesting. Yeah. Bring up pitching staff is also, this will be the Jays, uh, coming into a series on the back end of their rotation, which has obviously had some, some struggles, a lot more struggles, certainly than the top of their rotation. So could, could end up being more competitive, um, than we think, uh, could also end up being, you know another Boston series. So who knows? Um, <laughs> another one that could be a very competitive pitching series is Yankees and Mets um, battle in New York. Um, should be good. I, I, I would love to see the Yankees uh, lose maybe to their, 
to their partners uh, in New York. But, uh, well, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's a big series right there with the Braves only a half game back of the Mets now. Things are getting tight uh, in the NL East. Um, here's a question mark series. Because I don't know, I don't know, it might be against the law to put a team on the series to watch if they gave up a football score. Because <laughs> <laughs> Brewers versus Red Sox, and there's two, well, I'll say both of them. Brewers versus Red Sox, and then Twins versus Padres. It's like, yeah, those are you know, two sets of good teams, but they also just feel like weird series, you know? Like, because there's just, yeah, there's that feel cool and good. Like, Cardinals right. versus Blue Jays feels pretty cool. Twins, Padres, that seems just weird to me. Yeah. Brewers, Red Sox, feels I, weird. I mean, a lot of interleague stuff tends to feel kind of weird, but I guess that's also just because we don't see it very often, which, um, thankfully is going to change in the near future um we're going to get to see a lot more interleague matchups which i'm super pumped for um but yeah in in the sort of in the interim yeah you've you've got a brewers team that obviously we're we're predicting to be on a downswing like we're predicting them to miss playoffs and you have a red sox team who really should be a lot better than they are and they're getting manhandled um is a really interesting series (laughs) Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the Brewers right now are a good team. They're definitely oh, no, for on sure. team to watch thing. It's just, I don't know, I got a bad feeling about them if they're not going to add Red Sox. It's just like, I think they're, they're halfway on the list right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Well, a team that uh, we didn't really talk about being on the up, even though uh, obviously recently they had been, but uh, Mariners get to go to Houston uh, and, and play the Astros. Uh, Mariners obviously had that absolutely unbelievable streak already earlier this year. Of, well, I think they ended it like 14 wins in a row or something. Um, really putting their their bid back in to be uh, to be America's team, but it could be another really good one. Yeah, um, if the the if Dayrod's able to come back and healthy, could be a really big statement weekend for him and the Mariners. Yeah, and and worth worth noting too. Um, that's a series that is also currently happening. Yeah. Um, so you know this is the, they get to uh, they get to do it again. <laughs> like uh, this, will, this will be the second time you know in a couple of weeks that uh, that the Mariners get to play the Astros. They're they're on a kind of weird Texas uh, road. They're on a weird Texas stretch. They they, they get um, three games against the Astros. They're finishing up that series and they're actually currently losing it. Um, and then they get three against the Rangers, and then another four against the Astros. Um, so, so Seattle gets to do their Texas trip, um, but uh, you know, still lots of potential for that to be another really good series. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the Mariners are believing; they're scrapping. Uh, Robbie Ray off to a tough start right now. Hate to see that, but. It's going to be a fun series for sure. You're going to want to tune in next weekend um, to that Mariners Astros series. But do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up? Uh, I would like to say that it is the top of the eighth inning in Boston and the Jays have the bases loaded. That just just saying, (laughs) just saying it's a thing that's happening and it feels like it's happened so many times this weekend and it's just fun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, Jaron Duran has actually uh, been able to run around a little bit today. He got two hits, triple, and a double. Uh, running around something he didn't do uh, Friday night after Dude. the ball went over his head. Should have been so, benched after that, honestly. Yeah, with that, uh, we will say thank you for listening to episode 63 of Nonstop Baseball Podcast. We will catch you next week.